0: God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your presence here with us now. We thank you for the blessing of your Word, Lord. way you take it by your Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us as your people. And so now we just commit this time to you. We pray for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I want to add my welcome to you. It's so great to have you sharing with us on our Thanksgiving Sunday, a very special day for us particularly if you're new or you're visiting, great to have you. And those online as well, really good to have you linking in with us today. Um, Each year we set aside a Sunday just to pause, to stop, to look back and to give thanks to God for His many, many blessings to us. And the reason this is so important for us is that um, thankfulness, I found this, uh, actually I've been doing my own research into this, that thankfulness doesn't come naturally to us. I've been doing research with five kids over the last seventeen years, and in my own life as well, and I know that thankfulness does not come naturally. And so, right at the start, I just want to just want to um, list a few things that we have corporately to give thanks for to God this morning. Because it's so easy; uh, twelve months can fly by, and we forget to stop and to look back and give thanks. Let me list a few. I wrote these in the newsletter this week. Um, this is just from the last twelve months. Last twelve months, we've launched our tenth cultural connect group. Uh, We established our regional church partnerships with five regional churches across Queensland. $31,000 of support was raised last Christmas to go to the work of MCF in Kenya. Our Easter appeal this year raised $105,000 to bless those in need in Ukraine affected by the war. In the floods in March, if you can remember back then, we mobilised to help those were impacted, including packing hundreds of hampers that went out uh, right across Brisbane and as far as Lismore. In fact, even beyond Lismore, I think they went. And fifteen thousand dollars was raised to support and help those in need through that. Um, Ty Thomas was called as a pastor for children and and young adults. Neil Bernard was called as a part-time pastor to oversee our Inspire service. Sarah Millard commenced as a part-time children's worker. Tamara Cortes um, came on as a pastoral intern in this last 12 months, and Julie Shoemaker and Jenny Seaman started as our our catering coordinators, and what an amazing answer to prayer that was with them both coming in as well. We reached our three-year goal of raising $900,000 for the Heart for the City Appeal for our city venue, which was just an amazing response to see that um, take place, and we held, this was a real highlight for me, we held our first ever streetlight baptisms in a water tank in the local park. That was amazing to be there for that. Many people as well have continued to come to faith in Jesus and experienced a life-transforming power um, that His love, that hope in Him, that His grace and forgiveness brings to people's lives. So we have so much to be thankful for. And I think it's right on our Thanksgiving Sunday. We put our hands together, church, and give thanks to our great God for His many, many blessings to us. It's good, it's good to stop and to give thanks. But I know, uh, as I said from my own research and in my own life, that there is natural pull within us. It doesn't come naturally to stop and give thanks. But rather there is this pull within all of us to grumble and complain rather than to be thankful. Have you noticed this? I was reading recently about some of the most interesting Complaints, real complaints that have been received and recorded. Here's a couple of them that I found. A family who booked a ski holiday complained to the travel agent that it was far too cold on their skiing holiday. They weren't happy with that. Um, Another person visiting Yellowstone National Park over in the US complained, we had to cut our trip short to Yellowstone because we were informed they don't cage the animals at night for our protection. (laughs) Had to cut it short, not good. Another person complained um, that no one told us there would be fish in the sea and our children were startled to see fish in the ocean. Um, Another customer complained, we bought Ray-Ban sunglasses for $5 from the street trader only to find out they were fake afterwards. (laughs) And this is my favourite of all. My favourite complaint is one person wrote in, the beach was too sandy, we had to clean everything when we returned to our room. But I hate that about the beach, it's always a pain, that sand. But the reason these are funny, these complaints, is because we know deep down, all of us have this tendency to grumble and complain, and if people knew some of the things that we have grumbled and complained about, we would be pretty embarrassed too, wouldn't we? I was reading recently that our modern culture has been described as a culture of complaint, and I, and I know that this is a struggle for all of us this morning. I'm sure all of us can think of a moment in this last week uh, where we have perhaps grumbled or, or complained because we live in this culture of complaints all around us all the time. Uh, Maybe you have to think back as far as this week, maybe it was this morning, you can think of something for many of us where we fell into that pattern. But the Bible warns us of the danger of grumbling and complaining, falling into this pattern. We see this warning in a number of places across Scripture, but none probably more clearly. One of the most clear places is in 1 Corinthians 10.10. You don't have to turn there because we're going to look at another passage as our main passage, but let me read this to you. Paul here is talking about the Israelites who grumbled and complained against Moses and against God, despite the miracles he did for them, bring them out of slavery in Egypt. But this is what he writes, 1 Corinthians 10.10, 10, And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us here this morning, on whom the culmination of the ages has come." Now I know that we can, be tem- we can be tempted to think that grumbling and complaining is just normal, it's not that big a deal, particularly when we live in this culture where it's all around us all the time and we might not even think of it as being a sin that grieves God's heart that we need to repent of. But here in these verses, just before these verses we've read, we're actually given a list of some of the sins that the people fell into and, and included in this list are idol- idolatry, sexual immorality, and then right up there with these sins in the same list is grumbling and complaining. It's right up there. And I want you to see this morning, one of the key things I want you to see is how seriously God treats this heart. When we fall into a pattern of grumbling and complaining, that this actually grieves God's heart when we do this and it actually impacts our relationship with Him. And the reason I feel this is so important is that for some of us, we might have fallen into this pattern and we don't even realise we've fallen into this pattern. We've just slipped into it because it's all around us. But it's the very thing that this morning as we come is holding us back spiritually. Perhaps you come this morning and you know that there is a spiritual deadness for you. There is a, a heaviness. There is, you've lost your joy that you used to know on your spiritual journey. You have found yourself um, in in this this patch in your spiritual journey and you're not sure what's going on. Well, maybe that this is why um, you're falling into this, this, this place. Maybe it's that you have forgotten to have a heart of gratitude and to be thankful. This could be the very reason. And so this morning we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that shows us how to, how to make sure we don't fall into this pattern of grumbling and complaining, but instead we become people overflowing with thankfulness is how it describes it. So if you've got your Bibles, your devices, you might want to follow along. We're going to look at Colossians chapter 2. It'll come up on the screen as well. And while you're turning there, I was reminded of a story from Corrie ten Boom's life. Um, Corrie ten Boom was held in a Nazi concentration camp during World War II and she writes in her book, um, The Hiding Place, that the barracks where her and her sister were kept, her sister Betsy were kept in, um, in Ravensbrook, um, this concentration camp, the concentration camp was terribly overcrowded and it was flea infested, these barracks where they stayed. They had been able to miraculously smuggle a Bible into the camp and in that Bible, they had read that in all things, they were to give thanks and that God can use anything for good. And so Betsy, Corrie's sister Betsy, decided that this meant thanking God for the fleas, is what she thought. Now, Carrie, um, Corrie Ten Boom writes in the book, she said, I thought Betsy had lost it completely. Um, but And she made it very clear to Betsy, there is no way, not a chance that I am going to give thanks to God for the fleas. But Betsy insisted that they should do this. So, Corrie gave in and very reluctantly, unenthusiastically, gave thanks even for the fleas. Well, over the next several months, something amazing happened. They found that the guards never entered their barracks. And this had, had, had some... Um, repercussions. It meant that the women were no longer assaulted when the guards, because the guards wouldn't come in. It also meant they were able to do the unthinkable, which was to hold open Bible studies in the middle of a concentration camp. They were having prayer meetings right in the middle of this concentration camp. And through this, countless numbers of women came to faith in Christ. Only at the end did they discover why the guards had left them alone and would not enter their barracks. It was because of the fleas, they wouldn't come in there. Isn't that an interesting story, giving thanks to God, so powerful, such a challenge for us, for all of us. Let me read Colossians chapter 2, it says this, from verse 6 I'm going to read. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness, there it is. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the daily lives in bodily form and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. This is God's word to us this morning. And Paul makes it clear here that we should be marked, as followers of Jesus, as people, as a thankful people. People, in fact, not just thankful, but overflowing with thankfulness. is how we should be known, what should mark us as His people. And this theme comes up again and again across Scripture. Let me just give you a couple. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 5.20 says, Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Colossians 3, just a little on from this passage we're looking, on, looking at today, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom And as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude, there it is again, with gratitude in your hearts to God. This is God's heart for each of us. In more recent years, science has discovered that gratitude and a heart of thankfulness is actually very good for your health. Uh, One professor explains it this way, clinical trials indicate that the practice of gratitude can have dramatic and lasting effects in a person's life. It can lower b- blood pressure, improve immune function, and facilitate more efficient sleep. Um, one recent study from the University of California found that people who were more grateful actually had better health, specifically less inflammation and healthier heart rhythms. They showed a better well being, uh, a less depressed mood, less fatigue, and they slept better. And um, they found that gratitude has the opposite effect of stress. Uh, in another study, people who kept a gratitude journal, um, they found had a reduced dietary fat intake as much as twenty-five percent lower. Stress hormones like cortisol were twenty-three percent lower in grateful people, and having a daily gratitude practice could actually reduce the effects of aging to the brain. Now you're all in. I know you're all like, I'm in on this. Being thankful. How amazing is that, just by by giving thanks? I love this about the Bible. Don't you love this? Because God knows us. He he created us. He knows what, what we're intended for, what is good for our blessing. So thankfulness is good for us. But what Paul is saying here in this text is that a heart of thankfulness, yes, it's good for us, but actually, he's saying here, it is the mark of spiritual maturity. That's what Paul is saying. The context of these verses here in Colossians is that Paul was writing because of a group of false teachers who were having an influence in the Colossian church. And these false teachers saw the gospel of Jesus Christ that Paul preached as too simple, too basic, too elementary. They said the gospel of Jesus is okay for baby Christians, but then you need to move on to deeper things, deeper truths for a full experience of life and faith in God. And these false teachers as you look at the book of Colossians, you see that they appeared very spiritual, very knowledgeable, very disciplined. But there was a marker that showed that they had strayed from the truth. There was something that made it, that, that revealed that actually they had moved from the truth. And do you know what it was? It was that they had lost their joy and their heart of thankfulness. That's what Paul says. That's how he knew. And this is still a marker today for us. Where we're straying from the truth, when we begin to lose our joy and our heart of gratitude and thankfulness in our spiritual walk, it's a sign we could be straying from the truth, the good news of the gospel. You see, these false teachers had become bound up in their own legalism. They had become way down trying to reach this so-called deeper level of spirituality, and they had a whole list of extra things that they said needed to be added to the Gospel of Jesus because Jesus wasn't sufficient. The Gospel of Jesus alone could not meet all your spiritual needs. So let me give you just a few of the list of extra things that the false teachers at Colossae were saying. The first was this, the new teachers offered a spiritual fullness. Um, Right throughout the letter, there is this emphasis on fullness as you read it and you'll see it come up again and again. The new teachers came they came in with the claim that they would complete and perfect what they saw as the simple and elementary faith that the Colossians had been introduced to by Paul and and his friends. And they were saying that there was a greater fullness to be experienced beyond what Jesus could give them. Secondly, the false teachers spoke of a new spiritual freedom which those who followed them would enjoy. Um, And they may have offered deliverance of some kind since Paul reminds them of the deliverance is already theirs in Christ in the letter but Paul says this new so-called liberty apart from Christ this is his words he said this new so-called liberty would actually turn out to be a new slavery for them not bringing them to freedom at all. Thirdly the false teachers claimed to have special insight into the powers of evil and to be able to give believers special protection from them beyond what Jesus had already given them and fourthly the teachers were known for their extreme asceticism fasting it seems was commanded and severe self-disciplines needed to be followed to purify themselves to make themselves holy and finally these false teachers offered a further initiation into a deeper knowledge of God and a greater experience of his power they claimed to have this special knowledge of God and a special experience of his power beyond what Jesus had already given to them when they came to faith. And the outcome of all of this was that the false teachers were inclined to be superior to, even critical of those they viewed as as ordinary believers, perhaps, claiming a more complete initiation into the secrets of God, a more full salvation, so to speak. And they were being divisive in their influence, causing disruption and disunity in the fellowship at Colossae. But these False teachers had actually become bound up in their own legalism. They'd lost their joy, their heart of thankfulness. Instead, they'd become weighed down, trying to reach this this deeper level of spirituality. But Paul says, in contrast, the true mark of spiritual maturity is a heart overflowing with thankfulness. The joy of the Spirit welling up within. Listen again to what Paul says response to this false teaching. He says, so then, verse 6, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. So the key question is, how did they receive Christ Jesus as Lord? Well, the answer is through faith. It was through repentance and faith. They didn't reconcile themselves to God. It wasn't because they earned it or worked for it or deserved it. In Colossians chapter 1, we read, Paul says, but now He, God, has reconciled you by Christ's physical body, through death, present you holy in His sight, without blemish and free from accusation. He's saying you didn't reconcile yourself to God; it was God who reconciled you to Himself. And later in this section, Paul reminds the Colossian believers that before they came to faith in Jesus, they were dead in their sins Colossians two thirteen When you were dead in your sins. God made you alive with Christ. In other words, before you were dead in your sins and, and a dead person cannot do much, can they? They can't do anything, in fact. Um, and he's saying, you were dead, you couldn't do anything, but God came and he made you alive in Jesus. He did it all for you. So Paul is really clear, everything up to this point. He's saying, you receive Christ through faith alone. Right? So the answer to how did you receive Christ Jesus, Lord, was by grace through faith. Paul is really clear on this. And so Paul says to the Colossians, and to us here this morning, just as you receive Christ Jesus Lord by grace through faith, so then continue to live your lives in Him by grace through faith. But in contrast, the false teachers were coming in and saying, no, 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 that gospel truth, that's just elementary, introductory truths. You need to move beyond this into deeper truths. But Paul is making it clear the good news of the gospel of Jesus is the whole truth needed for salvation and Christian living. The moment we come to faith, we receive all that we need in Jesus. The Bible talks about this, theologians talk about this as the sufficiency and the supremacy of Christ. One writer helpfully puts it like this The gospel is not just the ABCs, but the A to Z of the Christian life. It's inaccurate to think that the gospel is what saves unbelievers and then Christians mature by trying hard to live according to biblical principles. It's more accurate to say that we are saved by believing the gospel and then we are transformed in every part of our minds, hearts and lives by believing the gospel more and more deeply as life goes on. This is Paul's argument against the false teachers. He says, so then just as you received Christ Jesus Lord continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you were taught and the outcome will be that you'll be overflowing with thankfulness. One writer says this, those who lay down conditions for occupying higher ground often leave the ground of grace. To be bursting with thankfulness is a true witness of the spirit within us for the voice of thanksgiving speaks without ceasing of the goodness of God. It claims nothing. It sees no merit in man's receiving, but only in God's giving. It marvels at his mercy. It's the language of joy just because it need look no longer to its own resources. It's the expression of dependence on another. It's the speech of the psalmist and is the natural tongue of the apostles. It is also heard on the lips of the weakest Christian on their knees." Here is a fine test by which we may test the authentic quality of our spiritual growth. To be filled with gratitude is to be filled with the Spirit of Christ. The Christian rejoicing in this blessing of a thankful heart will have his eyes fixed upon the right person and the right place, Christ at God's right hand. He cannot be taken up with himself without being immediately reminded that everything he possesses is the gift of God. The only thing which he can claim to be filled with, which comes from himself, and which he can offer to God, is gratitude. Do you see how thankfulness is is a good test of our spiritual state? Where we are, a healthy Christian walk spills over with gratitude and praise. Thankful hearts herald spiritual health. So let me ask you this morning. Are there areas of your life where you have fallen into a pattern? You realise you've fallen into a pattern of grumbling and complaining. You've lost your heart of joy and heart of gratitude, but instead you've developed this critical spirit. You realise this morning as you come that you've, you've been feeling weighed down, bound up. You've lost your joy. Because if you are experiencing these things, this can be a warning sign to us. This can be a, one to alert us to be aware that perhaps we're we're moving away from from this truth. This week there have been some amazing stories coming in from for our Thanksgiving booklet, which we put out every year as part of our Thanksgiving Sunday. We've extended an extra week, so if you haven't yet got your story in, um, make sure you do that. We'll be um, releasing that book next next week. But I want to give you a sneak peek at a couple of the stories in this booklet because they reveal this truth so powerfully. They're going to encourage you and bless you. The first. Um, is from Tom and Pam Richards. They put this Thanksgiving note in. Um, Tom and Pam, um, Tom rarely misses a prayer meeting here. Pam, his beautiful wife, they had a a really challenging year Uh, because of a stroke that Pam's had. um, Very, very capable woman her whole life and had this stroke and it's had a huge impact. But this is what they write. They write the following. Dear Papa, as in Abba Father, dear Papa, I thank you, Papa, that it's written in James 1 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Well, Papa, most of the last 12 months have been far from joyful. When Pam, my wife of 46 married years, had a stroke, our lives were changed forever. But, Papa, you're in charge. We have cried. I have argued with you. I have cried some more. Pam has been a strong woman, able to do all sorts of things as a wife, a mother, a nana, a friend, but now relies on carers to help her in her day-to-day life as a permanent resident in an aged care facility. Papa, we thank you that you are trusting Pam and I to go through this time. We have only been able to go through this journey due to the many who are praying for us, supporting Pam with visits, prayers, psalms being read and hand and leg massages and gifts of different varieties. We praise God that we're in a church that gives over and above, not just to us, but many others. May Papa be praised. He is faithful to all his promises. Love you, Papa. Pam and Tom Richards. Isn't that powerful? Powerful expression of thanks and praise. Here's another um, story put in by Gavin um, Buckney. And Gavin's here this morning, in fact, with this. Gavin has a serious condition that means he has to... He has, has had a number of surgeries. In fact, just recently this year for aneurysms on his brain, he um, regularly uh, has to wear a helmet because he can have a fit at any time and it's been far from an easy life for me Gavin but to talk to you would have no idea about that brother, you're always overflowing with thankfulness, even in the welcome time, he came down, he was thanking me, this is what he writes in, in his um, Thanksgiving note, so much to be thankful for, my parents healing and the repairs to their home and particularly the people who gave so much of their time and expertise. I'm thankful for the Lord in enabling me to be an ambassador for the Invisible Disabilities Australia, spreading the word to the community, politicians and local services that the more visible we are, the more people understand that all disabilities are not the same, that there is no need to explain our disability to get the support we need and be treated with the dignity we deserve. I had a meeting with the politicians about this. It was a good outcome. One of the politicians said to me at the meeting, "'What do you get most out of going to church?' I said spiritual guidance, and it's a way of showing our love for God. Going to church is a tangible expression of our love for God. It's where we gather together to publicly show our faith and trust in God. The church is also where we can praise, thank, and honour the Father. I was given the Bible verse, Matthew 25, verse 31 to 32. Um, and and um, as part of his role, Gavin now get, has to do some public speaking uh, for the invisible disabilities role that he's taking up. He said, I was given this verse, Matthew 25, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. I said, that means that believers are the wheat and non-believers are the weeds and and we'll be blown away. That is why believe, believe in our Creator and that Jesus is our Lord and Saviour. And the pastors at Bridgman and the politicians clapped and cheered at me. He writes, oh Lord, I thank you. I praise you in helping me to be a public speaker. And I always remember my baptism here at Bridgman. It was the first ever time when I was on the stage, the Lord was with me speaking of my testimony from Gavin. How good is that church? Isn't that amazing? We should encourage Gavin this morning. Thanks brother for blessing us. Powerful. Powerful stories of thanks. And the last one is from Peter and Janine and Joel Schmidhauser. Peter and Janine's son, Joel, an amazing young man there in the photo. He has a disability along with complex health issues which have resulted in a very restricted lifestyle. Um, He's had to endure medical treatments, theatre procedures, countless hospital visits, hours in emergency departments, doctor's examination, multiple blood tests, a limited diet due to food allergies, the list goes on and on and on. Needs 24-hour care and support. But Peter and Janine and Joel wrote the following in the Thanksgiving booklet. We just wanted to thank the pastors and church and Tuesday's Zoom prayer group for praying for our son Joel. A shout out to Jack and the Sunday PM night music team because, they, because during a recent practice, they played Glorious Day just for Joel. Joel loved this experience and got to go on the stage and feel like he was part of the team. In the new heavens and earth, I am sure Joel will be part of a music team worshipping the Lord. Amen. Wow. Thanks to all the folk who greet Joel and show him love. This was a recent email I received at work. Peter's a a chaplain at a school here in Brisbane, and he has some incredible opportunities to share um, the good news about Jesus. This is an email he received at work He said um, that that they received. He says, we were speechless when we got this email. It said, hey, sir, from, from the students, one of the students, I hope you're well. This week at chapel, when you were speaking about your son and getting emotional about what you guys were going through, it touched a lot of us listening, including us boys. King came up with the idea to write Joel on our wrists for our soccer and rugby matches to show our support for Joel and your family, as well as to appreciate you. With this in mind, the rugby boys ended up winning all four of their games and our football team won our match too. Thank you for your strength and kind heart. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. Grade 10 boys. How amazing that? Grade 10 boys responding. And then they write this, and they write this. Um, This verse is how they finish their note of thanksgiving. Galatians 6.2, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Peter Janine and Joel Schmidhauser. Isn't that encouraging, church? What a blessing. What a blessing. Powerful. I want you to see how, how important the heart of thanksgiving and gratitude is, the marker it is of actual spiritual maturity. These testimonies from these ones are a blessing. They're to strengthen us as a church. And I want to share them because they, they capture this truth so well this morning from people who understand what, it's, what it means to go through some great challenges in this life. So let me ask you this morning. Are there areas of your life where you've been grumbling, where you've been complaining, where you've fallen into this pattern, where you've lost your heart of gratitude? Are you weighed down? Are you feeling bound up, lost your sin, lost your joy, sorry, maybe because of sin that's in your life? Maybe you've bound yourself up spiritually trying to work out your salvation. You realise this morning you fall fallen that place. But whatever it is you know, you've lost your joy. There's a deadness spiritually there for you this morning. Well, the invitation to come this morning is to come with a heart of thankfulness or return to a heart of thankfulness and gratitude this morning, to come and just give him thanks and praise. Jesus invites us to come to him afresh by grace through faith this morning and to give him thanks, a heart overflowing with gratefulness, to be reminded again of all he has done for us, that he has forgiven us, that we have been declared righteous in Jesus this morning. If you've come to Him in and faith, He has proclaimed, He has declared His righteousness over you. That He has called us sons and daughters of the King, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We belong to Him. That He has given us the assurance of forgiveness and the promise of eternal life. We know this life is not all there is. That he set us free from the law of sin and death that binds us up. Instead, He has set us free by His grace, that He has welcomed us into His family. We don't do the journey of life alone, and He has filled us with His Spirit, the very presence of God dwelling within us. We are the most blessed people in the world. Do you you realize this this morning? Do you need to be reminded of some of these truths this morning? And so we want to come, as we conclude our service on this Thanksgiving Sunday. And we want to give thanks to God. We want to pour our hearts out in praise. We're going to have an opportunity to do that in just a moment. As we come to do that, I want to pray, ask God to lead us in this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word to us. We thank you the way your word just just speaks so relevantly, so powerfully into our life. Lord, you know us better than we know ourselves because you created us. Thank you, Lord. You long to lead us into blessing. And Lord, this morning, we want to come before you and acknowledge where there's been parts of our lives or patterns we've fallen into, Lord, of grumbling and complaining, Lord. And we want to come and we want to confess this to you, Lord. Where this has crept in, I want to confess this to you, Lord. Forgive me. Where there's been aspects where I've been so quick to grumble or complain, Lord. We come to you. Repentance, knowing how this breaks your heart, Lord. It grieves your heart when we do this because you've blessed us so much. Lord, we don't want to fall into the pattern of being grumbling and complaining, but instead, Lord, we want to be a people overflowing with thankfulness because of the good news of the gospel, the miracles you have done for us. Corporately, as your church, Lord, we want to thank you. For the blessings you poured out upon us. We don't take this for granted, Lord. We don't want to just rush on forward, Lord, without stopping and pausing today. It's so right that we do this. Say, so thank you, God, for so many blessings, so many stories, your provision, your help, your healing touch, your faithfulness, Lord. We could be here all day just giving you thanks. And so, Lord, now in these moments, we want to respond with a heart of thanks and praise. And I pray in these moments, Lord, by your spirit you'd move, Lord, for some Some here this morning, you just want to bring a fresh revelation of your grace, fresh revelation of the joy that is found in you, a fresh setting free, Lord, in you, Jesus, restoring, Lord, a joy that's been lost, coming, Lord, where there's been spiritual deadness and bringing life, Lord, I pray as we stop and give you thanks now. So lead us in this time, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a song in a moment. As we do that, we're going to have a chance to respond practically. I've got down the front here some little notes of paper where you can give thanks. And I know I could say to you, go home today and take some time to write some things down, to keep a gratitude journal. I actually did this as I was preparing the message. I actually took some time just to stop before God, just to write down things that I was thankful for. It's such a powerful a powerful. Um, experience to do such a a time of blessing and God speaking and filling us up afresh again and so I want to give you an opportunity this morning just to do that to come and to write little notes of thankfulness um, thanks to God Um, I read this quote great quote it says one thing to be grateful it's another thing to give thanks gratitude is what you feel thanksgiving is what you do I love that gratitude is what you feel but thanksgiving is actually an action you do and so I want to give us a chance to give thanks, to actually take a step and, and to do that. And I know many of you are feeling grateful this morning in your heart, but I want to encourage you to come and to, to actually take a step in that and to actually write down some little things you're thankful for. Don't overcomplicate this. It doesn't have to be anything big. It can just be, Lord, thank you that I have a, a roof over my head, somewhere to sleep at night. Thank you for the food you give me. We, we so easily miss this, don't we, in, in the affluent society in which we live. But stop. Give thanks to God for his blessings, for salvation in him, forgiveness of sins. Come and just write them down. And I and this is for you to keep. This isn't for us. You just this is actually for you to, to take with you today, take home. And you might want to add some more to it later on. Keep it with you this week and just keep adding to it. But this is your own little gratitude journal, your own little gratitude um, uh, notes to keep with you this week. And you'll be blessed. You will be encouraged as you remember all the things God has poured into your life. And so we're going to stand and sing. You feel free to come. Just to use these little notes, paper here, write some things down you're thankful for this morning and then keep it with you this week. But let's stand together as we give thanks. We're gonna sing a beautiful song of singing his praises and you feel free to come during this song and to write those notes to keep this week as well. God bless. Our offering of thanks and praise this morning to you, Lord. May you receive all the glory. Thank you for the blessings you pour out upon us as our hearts overflow with thankfulness this morning. May this blessing spill over, Lord, into those around us in our workplaces, our families, this community, Lord, into this city and our world, we pray. Oh, Lord, may we... May this Marcus is as your people, a people so thankful because of all you've done for us, that we can point people to you, Jesus. We pray this now in your precious name. And everyone said, Amen. Please be seated. If you'd like prayer, our prayer team will be down the front. Keep coming if you want to come and put some things down you're thankful for this morning. Our prayer lounge up the back as well, our Connections Lounge. Don't forget the Thanksgiving notes for our Thanksgiving booklet. You can still send them in. And Derek Rebello tonight as well. It's going to be amazing. Come and share with us. God bless.